Hi, and welcome to A Heart for God and what He wants from us. For today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of an eagle. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall, they shall run and not faint. Hallelujah. Today, I would like to talk about sergeant drills. Yeah. I would like to give a definition of what drills are. Drills are instruction on training and military exercises. I would like to give a definition again. Drills are instruction on training and military exercises. It is to practice. It is a exercise, a process or activity carried out for a specific purpose, especially one concerned with a specific area or skill. Let me read that again. It is a practice, a process or activity carried out for a specific purpose, especially one concerned with a specific area or skill. It is also work training maneuver. I would like to give a brief definition of maneuver. Maneuver is evasive movement or shift of tactics, which is strategy. A plan to mark or note. A plan to mark or note. And we say, nope, write it down. Sergeant drills. Second uh, Samuel 23 and 20. Second Samuel 23 and 20 is talking about men who were ba valiant. And Beniah, the son of Jehoda, the son of a valiant man, of Gazab Zeal, who had done many acts. He slew two lion like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of stump. So this man was a valiant man. Uh, I would like to also give a definition of captain. Captain is a commander, chief, a leader. And in the Greek term, the captain comes from Capanio. It is with the one placed at the top or the topmost. One who stands at the head of others is a Capanio. Which means captain. You know, Bible drills, they aim, this is what they do, they aim to encalculate 
a sense of discipline and prove. So it improves you. It improves your discipline. That's what Bible drills do. You know, Jesus is the captain. He commands us. You know, a training in 2 Timothy 6 and 17. So we'll be going to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It reads, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me read that again. All scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, or reproof, or correction, or instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Unto all good works. Amen. So, the righteousness, the instruction in righteousness, instruction is like you are using this as a training. Instruction trains you how to do. When you follow it, you are getting training because the instruction was dunk. Here comes the pole. And I remember that. So when I see the pole, I dunk. Because I remember when you see the pole, dunk. So by me practicing that thought, when I see the pole, I'm going to dunk. Right. So that is what training is about. Practicing instruction and that's in 2nd Timothy 3 16 through 17 you know for instruction in righteousness righteousness in the Greek means that you're following a standard of God you are living this life that God wants you to live. That is righteousness. You are living in the will of God. You are walking in the will of God. You obey God. You respect God. You love God. And also you can look in Isaiah 33 and 22. Well, it says, those who live by the way God ordained are righteous, or the righteousness. They became right when they are living their lives that are compliant to God, our faith in God, and to obey him. 
How do we drill in the Bible? Question. We drill by repeating the word of God to ourselves. That means over and over and over and over and over again. We got to get that repetition going. Repetition. Hallelujah. We have to we have to practice the word of God. Making practice is I like to give a definition. It is making a method. Making a habit. Making a method. A method is like a pattern or somewhat how you are going about it doing this. So my method may be one, two, three. I got the victory. Five, six, seven. I'm going to heaven. Or something like that. It's my that's my method of my learning. That's how I'm drilling myself. It's my method of my learning. Uh I'm making it a habit. A way. A habit is a way. But I say, oh, they just stuck in their ways. That means they habits. They're stuck in their habits. Their way of doing things uh, every day or constantly is a habit. She has a habit of picking at her face. It's just a habit. That means she just, it's a way she's just always picking at her face. The way she do, it's just what she do or what he does. So, we need to continually be habitual in this thing. Habit. 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 Making it a habit. Making it a uh, something that's constant. Something that's continually always going. Making it a habit. It's like a part of your lifestyle. Habit. Uh, rehearsing it. Or regularly doing it to improve. It maintains one's proficiency. So rehearsing it. Rehearsing it. It's like you're rehearsing a, uh, something you've read in a book. Rehearsing it. I'm just, I'm going over it again. 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 And it's become something regular. But something that you always do comes apart and it's going to improve the way that you maintain your proficiency. If you if when you are continually rehearsing this thing, rehearsing the word of God, rehearsing, 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 rehearsing. Okay. That means to repeat. Uh, to observe, to do all the commands I command ye this day. What God was talking in uh, Deuteronomy 5 and 32. Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God has commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. God was telling them you have to observe. Observe. Observe 
is a part of learning. Observe. Observe means to take heed to, to see, watch, perceive, or notice. Noticing God's word. But we have to notice God's word to be at the repetition, to be at the practice uh, of making a method, uh, making a habit. God's word has to uh, be taken heed to, has to be paid attention to, uh, has to be uh, perceived or noticed. Like there is a physical drill, you know, like the drill they had at schools when they have to have a safety drill. You know, the drill is to drop and cover your head in case of an earthquake. They practice this drill for the people. And then it's also when there is going to be a threat of a fire, they bust the fire extinguisher window and extinguish the fire in case of emergency. It is the same as abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace shall sanctify you holy. That is a drill. If we remember that. If I abstain from all the appearance of evil. Then God shall sanctify me holy. So if I let that evil go. And God is going to do something for me. So we got to practice remembering what God said. In order for it to have effect in our lives. Because God will finish the work in our lives. But he has given us instructions. And instructions in what is going to save us. That is what is going to save us. Amen. God wants us to be safe. That's why he tells us. So I learned when training, like in the church, people must be willing to listen. And when Jesus was training the disciples, you know, on this journey, on the journey, you know, it was something just like training, like school. Sometimes you have to learn. You have to put your hand in this when it comes to learning the skill. You have to get your hand into this. And how? So the disciples had to learn how to lay hands on people. And Jesus was the perfect example. So, they had to follow what they saw Jesus do. And that was a part of training. And training is a part of discipline. You know, he, he called to them to be fishers of men. But Jesus... Walk the earth. He called to them to be fishers of 
of men, the 12 disciples. But they had to learn first. He said, follow me and I will make you. Hallelujah. I will make you fishers of men. They didn't know how to be fishers of men. They just knew how to fish uh, in the sea. To, to gather a natural fish. But they had no idea how to get man to come on God's side. Or to come to God. They didn't know nothing about that. So they had to learn first. And so he was teaching them to be fisher of men. By storytelling and a teachable moment. So God was, the Lord Jesus was teaching them through storytelling. Because he, a lot of people could not understand. They couldn't understand a lot of things. So God had to teach them storytelling and a teachable moment. Jesus taught them how to pray and say the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer Our Father who art in heaven which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Those were say for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So those were the prayer that Jesus had gave the disciples to pray. Because he was teaching them in the manner that they should be praying. So when it's time to pray. And he was a present. Then they knew. How. To. Practice. Or how. To rehearse. The prayer. Amen. He taught. The sinners. He taught them. He taught. Them to love sinners. And demonstrate. What the. What that looked like by eating with them. So Jesus was teaching them. This is how you do it. He had to be an example. So he was teaching them. This is how you do it. They had to be learned. They had to be learned. He told Peter. If you love me, be my sheep. He asked him three times. Peter, lovest thou me? Be my sheep. 
Peter, lovest thou me? Peter asked him for him back. Hallelujah. And that was in John, the 21st chapter. He's asking Peter. Found Simon Peter. He says, John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him, and said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. <laughs> now he was grieved. Yes, he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Jesus asked her a question. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things that thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. So Jesus gave him a command. He said to feed his sheep. That was to prove that he really loved Jesus. Amen. So that we have to drill things into our thoughts so that we can remember how to practice these things to show compassion. Jesus also wanted him to practice, uh, the disciples to practice these things to show compassion. So he had to practice, they had to practice on how and learn how to show compassion. By how Jesus had healed people and he had helped people. And those who were sore effects with devils and things, they were learning how to have compassion on the multitude when they went out and Jesus fed the multitude. He was teaching them that this is the way that from now on that you should go. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11 and 28. So God said, learn of me. Take my yoke. So take my yoke. A yoke we know is like something that you uh, bind with. You, you come together and and you agree with There's something that you invite into yourself. You're willing to follow 
you're willing to go after, take by yoke. And in Revelation 3 and 20, Jesus was saying, I will come to you and sup with you. Say, do you want to sup with God? This is a practice that we must do. Every day to sup with Jesus, we must practice. Father Jesus, we must practice to be in sup with him. It means to, uh, the term sup means to dine, to have dinner. Uh, when someone eats at your table, they welcome you. That means they welcome you. Um, you are welcomed. You are willing to learn, in other words. You are willing to become a disciple. You are willing to become a follower. You are willing to sell your soul. So if any man agrees with God, that means you believe who he is. When you open the door and invite him in, then he teaches you his way. You know, practice is submission, which is humility, faith in God, charity, self-control, virtue, wisdom, and diligence. You know, Paul, he had learned how to suffer. He said, I suffer. I learned how to suffer. He learned how to be without many times and he learned how to suffer. He had to learn this thing. This was that suffering that he learned overnight. He had to learn. Learn is a process of getting through to something else. You have to learn. You have to learn. Learning is the way where you've picked up the lesson. Learn. Say, I've learned how to live holy. I've learned how to live right. I've learned how to suffer. And if I suffer, I'll gain eternal life. So this is all about practice, rehearsing, learning. Denying yourself, not wanting the old lifestyle, but wanting Jesus. Forsaking worldly desires, hallelujah. Wanting to become a part of Jesus. Willing to obey. Willing to follow. Drawing nigh to God and He drawing nigh to you. Submitting my ways. You are willing to go God's way. Hallelujah. I hope the word blessed you. We have to drill ourselves. We have to practice. We have to rehearse and discipline ourselves if we want to become good followers of Jesus Christ. Keep a smile on your face and stay in God's race and walk in his amazing grace. God bless. Have a wonderful night and day. In Jesus' name. Keep looking up because there's nothing down. God is up and he's all around.
Have a good day.
Even though things don't always go my way, I've determined.
Praise the Lord and welcome, welcome, welcome to another podcast, broadcast. My name is Jane. I am so glad you can come and join one more time with the Lord. For this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Welcome to a heart for God and what he wants for us. Today I will be talking about talk. No trash talk. God does not want us to talk trash and we are not trash. He does not want us to be as trash. And he don't want people to take their wicked trash and try to dump it into our trash cans. We must refuse the trash and hold on to what God says hold on to. And that is his lovely word. We know that cussing and talking dirty, nasty things to each other is wrong. And even saying dirty things behind people's backs is really, really, really wrong. Praise God. God wants us to love one another, not talk dirty. righteous things or trying to tear your brother down or sister down. God does not want us to indulge in those type of things. That is the way of the world but not the way of God's people. So, goodbye trash talk and hello Jesus. Don't be a trash can for no one because you are not. You are not a trash can. So don't take in people's trash talk. I would like to give a definition of trash. Trash means good for nothing, scum, Low social standing, garbage, no worth. Let me repeat that again. Trash means good or nothing, scum, low social standing, garbage, no worth. You are not trash, my Lord. Trash cans are made for trash. And you are definitely not one of them trash cans. You were made fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 and 14. You were 
made fearfully and wonderfully made. You say, what does that mean? What do you mean fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, you know, let me tell you, God took the time to look at you and he thought on you with limbs, which is your hands, arms, legs, and body functions, which is your heart, your lungs, uh, stomach, intestines, um, kidneys, or all the other little things in between. <laughs> God and your brain, God was thinking about you. That's why you are fearfully and wonderfully made, because he thought about what he was going to make before he made it. Uh, you were made, you know what, for a purpose. Not some object like a piece of metal or a stick or something. You were thought on, my Lord. What God can do, he can do something beautiful. There is none, no, not one like it what he can do well trash cans was made for trash my lord so stop telling yourself you're trash because you're not trash has no significant since it is smashed and destroyed in the furnace talking hate is trash and it is sin talking. Let me expand on the talking. Where it all started in the garden. Now in the garden, Eve didn't let go of the trash talk. Because Satan was trash talking in, inside her head. Uh, was trying to inform her to get her to believe that ye shall not surely die. That was trash talk. Snake trash talk, brother. So yeah, watch out for them snake tongues. They're dangerous too. Snake trash talk. That was trash talk. To try to convince you to turn away from the true and living God. Trash talk. And there are people out there today that's trying to convince you to turn away from the God, the one and only God that loves you. That's trash talk. So don't be a trash can for them. You know, he told her, he said, you should not surely die. You know, that messed with her. And that messed up her for life. When she believed what he said. Don't believe what people say, but believe God and what he said. Because when you believe people what they say, they can drop anything in your can. And your can is not made for trash. You are not the trash can. 
And don't let them come slam dunking no trash inside of your head. You know, people do trash talk. And they will mess you up. Talking behind somebody's back. My, 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 my Lord. Dead in your shot. And saying some ferocious things instead of asking God to fix it. What is wrong with asking God to help and fix somebody? Lord, I don't mean no harm towards my brother and sister. But Lord, what's uh, going on inside their head? Please, Lord, if you can, please help them some kind of way or look down on them and work it out not oh girl did you oh man did you trash 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 talk 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 yeah i heard yeah what you serious uh-uh girl mm-mm. i can't believe what i'm hearing no 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 you are not the trash talk you know, well, you know, trash talk, when Satan told God, he had the nerve. He, he, he went up there talking about, uh, you you know, you got the hedge around Job. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm, but yeah, you know, God was boasting on Job. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah, he put yeah. Then that's when he started talking his trash. Yeah, if you uh, take the edge from around him, I guarantee you, curse you to your face. Mm-hmm. And then God, but God, see something about God believes in us. He believes in his children when they stand up for him and they walk upright before God. God will believe in you, and He believed in Job. So he told him, he said, yeah, go ahead. You could take everything he got, rather. You could even, yeah, yeah, go ahead and you could touch his body. But you cannot take his life. No, you ain't going to take that. But other things, go ahead. Try him. Try him and see. And Job keeps his integrity. And that was in Job 1 and 8 when He had to talk with God with his trash talk. Trying to um, say that Job ain't nothing. I guarantee you, if you take everything he got, he will curse you. That's trash talk. And God showed him a thing. And Job 27, 5 through 6. And also Job was a man that kept his integrity. Amen. I'd like to give a brief definition about integrity and what it means. You know, integrity means perfection, soundness, honesty, good works, having a surety, securely, not changing in the face of people and behind their backs. That means you, you are you 
If you proclaim to be a Christian or you proclaim to be a follower that love God, it, it ain't going nowhere. That's what you mean and that's what you're going to stand in. And that's what Job showed. He showed his integrity that he was not, no matter what came his way. He lost his, lost his children. He, he lost his cattle. He lost his houses. His wife betrayed him, told him, just go ahead and just curse God and die. He had nobody on his side. Even his friends betrayed him and told him that, yeah, something you must have did something wrong because all this stuff come on you. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's even his friends was wrong. That's trash. They come talking all day trash. But God showed them in the end. God made them uh, repent or come back. They had to, in other words, get it right with Job in the end. And God made sure that that had happened. He said, pray, tell Job to pray for you. So, you know, God got a way to shut the trash talkers up. Especially when they believe that you did something wrong and you know within yourself you've done nothing wrong. But let them talk. But don't be a, a ear. Don't let your ear be a trash can for their talk. And um, Ephesians... Four and twenty-nine. Ephesians four. It says, um, "Let no corrupt, corrupt, trash talk, trashy mouth, corrupt communication. That means bad. Proceed out of your mouth." Not talking about your friend mouth, your mouth. That, but that which is good to the use of edifying. That means to build somebody up to help them. That it may minister grace unto the hearer. So that's what God is saying. God has said, He don't want no trash to be coming out of our mouths. You know, but he wants that which is good to come out of our mouth that edifies, that can help someone, that can build someone up to, that can change someone. It will minister grace unto those who you are talking to or you can have having a conversation with. You will be able to minister that grace. But God don't want us to have trash in our mouth. And in second. Timothy 2.16 says, um, but shun, that means get away from you, hate it, shun profane and vain babbling. Babbling is talk, vain talk, trash, don't mean nothing, vain is nothing. Uh, for they for they will increase unto more ungodliness. So the more you talk about stuff that has no worth, stuff that 
is garbage, then it will lead to more ungodliness. So it will make you become more ungodly. It will draw you into ungodliness and wrap itself around you. If increase means more, it will it will become more and more, and you will be doing it more and more. If you do not shun it, you do not push it away, you do not uh, forsake it, you do not get away from this trash. That's all you hear on your job, trash talk. And you might have to sit in the middle where all of it's talking around you. But there's a piece where you can go to. You don't have to participate with people and their trash talk. Oh, did you hear about the Kardashians? Oh, girl, I'm telling you. Oh, it was on TV and her and, and this happened. And she got five diamond rings. Did you hear about that? Trash talk. Who cares about the Kardashians? They live in their life. What they got to do with your life? Nothing. But people are so into trash talk. God said, let no corrupt community. That's corrupt. Because it's not, it's not edifying. It's not building up. It's not giving grace to the hearers. And God said, get away from that stuff. Because it will lead to more. You will end up talking about Will Smith. Then you end up talking about Muhammad Ali or something. Then you might end up talking about somebody else. And it goes on and on and it gets gets further and further then you get deeper into that stuff and then you want to flick the tv on Ooh, ooh! i just want to see what happened to that that so-and-so man you want to flick the tv on then oh they died oh my goodness it's like really you care no you really don't care it's just like well you know it's just been the talk of the town and everybody's been talking about it so you know i can't believe it I can't believe it. Is that's what they was doing? Well, you know what? Believe it. If they're in a worldly lifestyle and they're not into uh, living the lifestyle that you're trying to live, then believe it. Because that's what the people they're they're vain. And God's saying, no, don't get don't get mixed up in this vanity stuff. Because it can lead to other things. And God don't want us to get wrapped up in vanity. And vain talk. The talk don't, don't, it's not worth, it's, this is the time of the day. It didn't do nothing for you at the end of the day. What did it do? It just got you excited. And you were like, ooh, ooh. But it, it really did nothing. It didn't give you uh, a stronger walk towards God. Or anything or or didn't make you be a better person so why do we go to the trash talk why do we want to talk the things that don't edify us god saying get away from it because it will lead to more ungodliness amen you know trash is ugly i said 
ugly. Yes. You look in your trash can, you see all this yucky stuff. Might be some gooey stuff that came out the pot when you after you finished cooking and threw it in the trash. It's, what is it good for? Trash is not good. It's ugly. You would want to put that on a plate and serve it to somebody. Those what I'm saying. Trash is ugly. Ugly is not nice. It is ridiculous. It hurts people's feelings. Amen. I would like to go to Jude 1 and 15. It says to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Speeches. Hard speeches. The things that people speak that are hard. Which is garbage. And garbage is trash. And who wants trash? Really, no one. God doesn't want us to have those ungodly communication. He doesn't want us to have those hard speeches. Then the hard things which the ungodly sinners speak. They have spoken them hard things, hard speeches. God don't want us with no hard speeches. It's trash, trash talk. The deeds of the ungodly. It's trash. And if you're talking trash, then you're not godly. You're talking things behind people's back. And you are too afraid to face them and say it in their face. Then you're not living a godly life. Because God sees every, his eye sees everything. Say the eyes of the Lord, behold, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Beholding the good and the evil. They are everywhere. Beholding the good. You know the trash talkers always looking for a can. And they're looking for a can like you. Talking some negative, God-hating things. They are disrespectful. And there are things God said. Six things that he hates. And Proverbs 6, 17 through 19. I would like to read. He says, a proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. 
18. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil. These are the things that God hates. 19. A false witness who speaks lies, trash talk, and one who sows discord among brothers. These are the six things that God can't stand. He hates them. And if we're telling, running and telling, speaking lies, false witnessing, and speaking lies, which a false witness is a person that's not telling the truth, and one who sows discord among brethren, who sows confusion, which is trash, amongst brethren. Uh, did you hear brother so-and-so? He had white hair. And he was trying to do this and that to his hair. Did you hear? Oh, no, I didn't hear about that. Yes, it's true. Well, so what if brother so-and-so was trying to do that to his hair? That's brother so-and-so's business. God said, don't be a busybody meddling in other people's affairs. I hope something was said that may help you today. God is good. He doesn't want, God is good. He doesn't want us to be a trash can for nobody's trash because we're not. Keep your head up. Keep looking up. Keep looking to the hills for what's coming to your help. For you know your help coming from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Hope to see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day.
All of your pain inside Slowly can turn into doubt But my God is alive There's no way he would just leave you out There's a blessing oh. There's a blessing All you gotta do yeah. There's a Power in God's word, the same. 
turn his back on my God. The same word that helped Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo get through the fiery furnace. The same word. Yeah.
Every eye closed, every head bowed, and every heart open. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No matter if you're sick, well, lonely, or just sad from a broken heart, we just come to let you know tonight that help is on the way. All he asks is that you give him your heart and your life. Church, it's praying time. Sing with us. It's praying time.
Maybe if you give us one more 